Hi there. This is Judith O'Day from George Romero's original Night of the Living Dead. And you're listening to Then Is Now Podcast. Rise and shine, my sinners. When Father Evil starts his day, he gets a little deadly. Deadly Grounds Coffee has the richest, smoothest flavor you'll find anywhere. It's sinfully delicious. Once you go deadly, you never go back. Order yours at getdeadly.com. Coffee's so good, it's scary. special mini-episode of Then Is Now Podcast. I am your host, Rigor. In April, I had the good fortune to attend the April Ghouls Drive-In Monsterama at the Riverside Drive-In Theater in Vandegrift, Pennsylvania. The theme was 80s horror films, with such movies as Slumber Party Massacre, Sleepaway Camp, Pieces, Edge of the Axe, An American Wolf in London, The Howling, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and Mausoleum. We did a wrap-up show on that back in April, and the guys who run it put together a show like this every April and September at the Riverside Drive-In, and this past September of 2021 was no exception. The theme this time around was Giallopalooza, and while I didn't get to attend, it was an amazing lineup of films that I really wished I was able to see at the drive-in. On today's show, we're going to talk to Gene and George and have them wrap up the event for that weekend for those of us who couldn't attend. Class is in session. I am joined today once again by the masterminds behind the drive-in Monsterama, George Reese and Gene. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Glad you guys could be here. So I know we had you on the show back at the April event, and you you did tell us about this, but can you just sort of once again tell our audience about the history of the events that you put on at the Riverside and what they're all about? Yes. um, Well, this is George, and um, I I, I came up with the concept for the the Monsterama basically Back in 2007, I was looking to do a horror movie festival at a drive theater. I had been to a couple, main, mainly the, the Starlight Drive-In in Atlanta did something called Drive Invasion, which was a big festival of cult movies and music and stuff. And I wanted to do something related to just a horror movie weekend at a drive-in theater. And so I said, you know, I could, I know where to, where to get the films from. I know the studios and this and that. I'm like, let me approach you. I'm in, I'm, I'm in New York, so I'm saying that I have to. I'm looking to find a theater on the East Coast that I could at least get to easily enough. So I inquire, you know, Pennsylvania, upstate New York, uh, just you know the surrounding states. To make a long story short, the Riverside Drive-in in Vandegrift, PA, which is uh, in Western Pennsylvania, outside Pittsburgh, were the ones that really um, they were the ones to respond very enthusiastically about doing something like this. So we did the first one in 2007 and uh, it, it took a few years to grow. And basically now it's, it's a, it's a, it's a biannual thing because now we have the, uh, not only the September drive-in super monsterama, but April ghouls drive-in monsterama, which is in April. So now we're doing it two years, uh, two times a year since 2007. And it's gotten bigger every year. And, the reaction has just been great. We've we've met a lot of people. Our um, audience has grown, and um, more and more, I just I just love doing it every every um, you know every time we do it in April and September. 
the more we do them, the more I love doing them. And I'm just glad that we're still going strong. Awesome. Awesome. Now, as of this recording, it's late September of 2021, and you just put on your September event called the Giallapalooza, which I'm sad that I, I couldn't attend. Um, but can you tell our listeners what a Giallo film is and uh, what the films were that you picked for this go-round? Yeah, a Giallo is a Italian-made... It basically originates from these kind of paperback novels that were yellow, which Giallo means yellow in in Italian. So these, these paperback novels were like these murder mystery thrillers, whodunits kind of things. And this, this caught on as a um, cinematic scene in, in, in Italy. Dario Argento, these are some of the directors associated, Dario Argento, Lucio Fulci, Mario Bava, were just some of the, some of the famous horror directors that made these kind of films in Italy. And a lot of them uh, have, have a, you know, were shown here in theaters and now have been, shown to younger generations on DVD and, and Blu-ray. So it's basically uh, a genre that has a big cult following now. And um, I think it's catching on more and more, even with the younger people that maybe weren't familiar about familiar with these films years ago. But it's something, it's a theme that we wanted to do. I, I've been toying around with doing with for a while. People have been asking about the, about showing these. And, and Gene and I had talked about He's like, well, maybe you only want to do it one night out of the two weeks because it's kind of risky. But but George likes to take risks, and he always wins. <laughs> well, and I said we have enough. To, I said I said there's enough strong titles to go. I think this this will work. I think. I mean, we we had three of Dario Argento's um, most famous giallos, Bird with the Crystal Plumage, which is his first, Cat on Night Tales, which is his second, and Deep Red, which is considered his masterpiece of this type type of film. And then we had a Mario Bava, Blood and Blood and Black Lace, which is con- which is considered the the one that really started the whole trend in the in the mid '60s. Right. And uh, a Lucio Fulci film called um, A Lizard in a Woman's Skin, which is kind of like a more psychedelic, sexy, giallo type. Yeah, I mean, um, gorier type of these films. And uh, it worked. It worked. It was the reaction was um, the fans were really digging it. They really loved it. You know. <laughs> So it was another so, week, another weekend of absolutely packed weekend. Um, you know, it, it's going back with the whole few years ago in 2016, we did a Friday night that was a um, Spanish horror night. Okay, and it it was sort of an experimental Friday night. We knew the Saturday night was going to be huge because it was the anniversary, 50th anniversary of Dark Shadows. So we did the two Dark Shadow films followed by House of Drip Blood and the Bat People, and we knew that night was going to be big, and George just kind of threw it out there and put the Spanish Horror Night in, and it, it packed, <laughs> you know? Wow. So, yeah, it was a surprise. It was a surprise, because it wasn't, it wasn't going to be as, co- it wasn't going to be costly, so I said, even if it doesn't do as well, I, it's something I want to do, and I think it's going to be fun, but the, but I think people just love those titles, and whether they're familiar with the films or not is besides the point. They see these outrageous titles, like Vampires Night Orgy, and, and they think, <laughs> wow, this is like something, you know. War of the Zombies, which was the, the third, uh, the American version of the third blind dead film, uh, Ghost Galleon. Um, you know, I that was that was a dream for me to see that on a big screen. And um, But what it says to me about these events is that, you know, we've created this, uh, this happening now twice a year, and it's a family thing for a lot of people that come out like a convention. Um, because it's only twice a year, it's, I would 
say it's better produced than the majority, if not all, of the other drive-in events. And the other thing is that people look forward to it more twice a year than being able to do it, you know, uh, four or five, six times a year. And people have said you should do like a summer show, you know, and maybe another Halloween show or whatever. But, you know, we both work and we both have lives and it's very difficult <laughs> You know, just to put two shows together, and, and, and I think it becomes much more uh, something that people look forward to because, you know, excess doesn't work in no. anything. Right. If you eat too much, you get tired of it. If you watch binge watch too much, you get tired of it. So I think the format of spring and fall, because the drive-in is commercial, is the absolute best format, and, you know, it always gives us this creative uh, – leg room to come up with more stuff that's more interesting. For instance, for Giallapalooza, we didn't know what kind of music to play, and we were sitting around one night here, you know, or, well, on the phone with each other, and then I said to George, how about some kind of weird lounge music? Well, then my email pops up with, like, 50 links to these <laughs> Italian soundtracks, right? And he's like, yes, yes, do it. This is going to be great. So, again, approaching that, with wondering if you're while you're playing this at a drive-in, if these people are going to be like, what the hell are you making us listen to? <laughs> and we've had so many requests by message and on the page and everything and text messages the last four days or five days for the playlist. It's unbelievable. So it shows you how all-encompassing this past weekend was. It wasn't just curious movie going for people. It was actually something that they're really interested in that there is that big and a diversified market of horror films today, a space for Jalios to sell out a drive-in. Absolutely unbelievable. I would never have believed this 10 years ago, you know? Yeah. And 10 years ago, it may not have been, uh, probably wouldn't have been as successful. It's, uh, it right. just seems fandom has just grown so much, for, for not only for this kind of event, but for every kind of, of, of different, you know, horror cinema, different, topics of cinema whether it be you know a slash slasher films giallos uh, right. Right. uh british horror films what, what whatever the case may be because because of you know social media and just younger fans like newer generations of fans getting into this i mean our our um our our fans our patrons are like becoming young younger and younger it's almost <laughs> like the you know, we've been doing the show so long. It's like a lot of the the older guard has. I don't mean that they've died off, well, but they've they've kind of well, some of them have died. fallen off. You know, and then some of them have like you know like they've like they've they've gone to better patches or. <laughs> I mean, I know what I mean is that they they're they, maybe they're not into doing this any by like coming to these shows anymore, and it's almost like a new generation is taking over with some of the old guards still coming back. So it's just a great mix of of people coming to these shows. And, and, and I just love when people come up to me and say, like, for the, for instance, this last weekend, you know, young, and I'm talking about young people in their 30s saying, like, oh, you know, oh, gosh, just being able to see Deep Red on a big screen like that, you don't know how, you don't know what that does for me. Or seeing Blood and Black Lace on a big screen, you know, wow, it's just, I'm wowed. And that means so much to me, you know. Oh, yeah. That we're able to bring this to them and, and they're just loving it because that's because well, this is know, why we do it. You know, that's why we do it. Yeah. Well, George, mention the local, the quote from the local press. We had a quote here from the local press, which sort of sums up the whole thing. I think George can. Oh, jeez, do I remember the exact quote? It was. was uh, close enough. Oh gosh, uh, something to the effect of this: "This is the event for 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 real horror fans, 
that sets you apart from the the, the regular. Yes, we, it, this separates. It separates. This, this show kind of separates. You know, the real fans from the from the not so real fan. In other words, it's like this is like really. This one really, you have to be a real fan, right. a real deep horror fan to to, to be coming to these shows, right. because we we really we really run the gamut of, uh, you know, the kind of films we're showing. Oh yeah, and you're not only keeping the drive-in alive, but you're introducing, like you said, these people to films that they may not even have heard of, in some respect. No, yeah. and, and that's the case with a lot of stuff. And you know, it's like if yeah. we show, like I when I'm booking, when I'm putting the, the programs together, and Gene always helps me, you know, making decisions too. I throw, but I, I try, you know, I'm like, we got it. We need like a big title because we got to hook people, but then you can throw something really obscure in, you know, and they, and, and that we think they'll like, and they, even though they didn't, they, they've never heard of it, they're still going to come because there's enough there to bring them in. Right. And I kind of like introducing people to, to like, we've done, like we showed uh, one of the first April ghouls, we showed blood and lace, not to be confused with blood and black lace, which was an early '70s slasher prototype, I guess you'd call it. Hmm. With Victor. And, yes, yes, and I was ex- I was surprised how many people were not, how many fans were not that familiar with it. This is a film that Gene and I grew up watching because they used to. Yep. It was sold to TV. It was a drive-in favorite that was <laughs> sold to TV right away, and it's 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 just a it's like a perfect drive-in movie, and it's like we've introduced people to movies like that, and you know that that's a great feeling. Wait, Gene, did you say Vic Tayback was in it? Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's it's a very very sleazy movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's and Len Lester is also in it, who you know from from uh, Seinfeld and other things, right? And Melody Patterson from from uh, F Troop yeah. is the yeah, uh, yeah. the heroine, or <laughs> it's, it's a of sorts. Movie. It's really kooky. It's very sexual and very dirty. I mean, if you really you go well, here's the thing. Yeah, and if you read it in this. One of my favorite quotes to tell people about this movie is uh, the Psychotronic Encyclopedia film. The quote that they wrote about it is like, it's the sleaziest PG movie ever, ever made. Right. It, it somehow got around with a PG movie, and it's, it is. It's very sleazy for a PG movie. <laughs> That's you know? awesome. So of the yeah. films that you played at the Giallapalooza, do you guys have a favorite among them? or? Oh, well, wow. I mean, for me, The weekend, I think I think seeing Deep Red was... was the kicker because it was like that that just you know it's a very long film but it's like seeing it on a big screen it's uh it was very um engaging like i've seen it so many times but just seeing it on the big screen and then it just sounded so great at the drive-in that goblin soundtrack that pulsating goblin you know yeah rock rock soundtrack that just just you know it's just so explosive it just sounds so great it just sounded so great at the drive-in so hearing that that soundtrack with that film and, and the images and that of violence and it was like it was like poetry on the screen. But I mean, if I had to single one out, but I mean, I had a great time watching everything. Nice, Gene. Uh, I, I would okay. This is I'm, you know I'm I'm a very complicated person. So <laughs> here's, here's how to do this: Blood and Black Lace. These are the runner-ups. Blood and Black Lace. Um, because of the significance to the genre and the fact that from the very first second that you watch that film, especially restore the colors and the, and, and the cinematography are just intoxicating. So we have to mention that. And we have to mention Deep Red because it's just, you know, the crazy child baby murder music and the weird scene with the stabbing of Christmas. These are things that are very dear to my heart. <laughs> uh, 
weird. But I would have to say Bird with the Crystal Plumage, and I'm going to tell you why. Because it's a great movie. Where if you're talking about this genre of films, and you can compare that film to what Brian De Palma was doing around the same time, and of course, both of them being compared to uh, to Hitchcock. So it's a good opening film that if you're trying to get somebody who's a Hitchcock fan or enjoys murder mysteries, uh, like Brian De Palma stuff that he was doing in the 70s, it's a good film to introduce them to. And and it's so over the top from the very beginning. The guy witnesses a murder. The woman is trapped in a in a um you know in the store window and and he can't get in. She can't get out. And the killer's coming. There's nothing to do. It's so classic. It's just beautiful. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it 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 hooks you from the that your sense of your sense of helplessness and bewilderment and confusion starts the very first second. It's like um, Argento with no time establishing who's in control of this movie and what's going to happen to you for the next two hours. And I think that that's a great, it, it plays out like a nice, you know, TV murder mystery. And um, I would have to say it would be that one just because of its wide appeal and the ability that you can introduce it to people who aren't particularly familiar with those films. And that hopefully leads to them getting in, you know, George and I, we grew up like the suggestions on Amazon, okay? Like, we would watch something, and in our brains it would be like, okay, we like this, so here's five other things that we like. See, we were kind of doing this mentally, and I always think today that a lot of the younger fans, they don't do that as much as, as we did because they have so much more accessible uh, information that it, maybe it's overwhelming for them to to pick and choose. I mean, right. do you, Roger, do you sense that? I mean, it's oh, like, yeah. for instance, with the, you know, I've complained about this for years. The Walking Dead fans are a prime example. And I'm not pissing on anybody with this comment, but it's such a prime example because they love The Walking Dead. They love the zombies. They love all this stuff. But when you try to talk to them about the George Romero trilogy, they look at you like you're speaking Chinese. Right. You know, <laughs> these, are, these are the films that are responsible for your favorite show. You would think on some level you would have some sort of interest in investigating it. And that's the way I know with the Psychotronic Guidebook and stuff, George and I both grew up that way. You know, with the Hammer movies, we found out there was more than one Dracula, more than one Frankenstein. Yeah. You know, it just becomes an insatiable appetite to see as many of these movies as possible. You know what I mean? So, I, There are some younger fans that can gravitate to something through something else. Yeah. Like, but, yeah. these, but like Dean said, there are a lot that, that they don't make connections like that. What, when we, with the, also with this Jalo festival that we did, we were trying to bring in the, the slasher fans, which is the, you know, as you know, Roger, the, the, the younger kids, the younger fans of horror, they, that's what they gravitate to most is slasher films. Right. You know, the killers with the knife, the, the, the Chucky, the Michael Myers, the, right, the right. Jason. So yeah. when we, when we promoted this thing, I was like Robert Mulligan, who did this wonderful trailer for us. I told Gene, I said, like, you gotta, you gotta have that image of that killer in torso. Cause he's got the ski mask on and he's chasing the girl in the woods. And I'm like, that, that image has got to be in this trailer. Cause people go, what? This looks like, you know, like an 80s slash film when it's really an early seventies. Yeah. Um, it's a proto slasher, but, but what I'm trying to say is like, we were hoping to, you know, bring people that both appreciated shallow and slasher as far as younger fans, or maybe they right. never right. weren't familiar with these films. I'm like, wow, this is like, these are all like proto slasher films, but made like over a decade earlier. 
Oh, right? yeah. And, um, yeah. And it's funny, too, because nowadays it's a double-edged sword because it's amazing that we have access to all these incredible films from, yeah. you know, decades yeah. past, yet the newer audience, the younger audience, they don't know where to begin to look for them. You know, we had the benefit of having TV with a finite amount of channels, so we watched right. whatever came right. on. And yeah, exactly. They don't know where Correct. to begin. Yeah, and it's like even when you, when we were kids and we would have horror movie books, most of the most of the films that the horror books covered, say like the Universal, the you know the Universal yeah. monster movies, the Hammer horror films, those kind of things, the, you know the science fiction films of the fifties, they they were often on TV. So there was only a few that that eluded you. When like later on, like when the Psychotronic Encyclopedia of Film came out, when the Phil Hardy um, horror encyclopedia came out, it's like you were like reading about these films, like oh my god. You know, Jess Franco made this, this these Frankenstein movies in the seventies. Where, where, you know, where are these? And it took years to get a hold of them. You know. Oh yeah. So yeah, we 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 we. You're right. We have we're access. Everything's accessible now. Right. Yeah. There's only a few titles here and there that have still eluded me, but otherwise, you know, I found every. I was able to see everything I ever, you know, wanted to see that I've read about that's, in the past. That's originally, how George and I met. I we talked about that on the other show we did with you in April. And uh, it was because George was running, and he still has the site DVD driving. And uh, we were exchanging. Uh, we I had Night of the Witches, and he had Frankenstein on campus. It and was like I, peanut butter and chocolate, right? Like the commercial, like the re- yeah. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's a double feature, so they go together. Yeah. 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 I reached out to him and I said, "I have Night of the Witches. Do you have Frankenstein on campus?" And he said, "Yeah." I said, "Let's swap." <laughs> and that's how it all that's how it all started. Honest to God's truth. He had it on a DVR and I had gotten um I had a hell of a time getting Night of the Witches. It just wasn't available back then. I had to go through some guy in Texas on VHS <laughs> to get it. And he had two different cuts of it that was recorded in um on a VHS off of when uh, TBS was doing their their movies till dawn or whatever. Oh, okay. Yes, TBS used to run this movie a lot, but it was a TV right. cut, unfortunately, of an R-rated movie. Right. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we used to have to, you know, go to like all those places, like Video Search of Miami or Sinister Cinema, to get the the bootlegs yeah. so we could see them. I remember certain friends we they would order like stuff from Video Search of Miami. We'd have like these Saturday night watch parties. This is like, and I'm talking yeah. about 30 years ago. Mm. And yeah. and and like sometimes the quality was, oh, and and you know we'd be watching stuff that was in a different language with no subtitles, <laughs> not knowing what the hell was going on. But it's like we we was the rarity of it was just the 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 draw. We were just like seeing films that you never thought you were going to see before. Oh yeah, that but was yeah. That was how my horror of Party Beach came. The very first copy that I owned of horror of Party Beach was on VHS, recorded from the guy had a 16 millimeter copy and he recorded it and was selling it on um, on eBay on VHS. <laughs> and and I, it, it, it wasn't spectacular quality, but it wasn't shit either. But you know, the moment I, I oh my god, it came and I was like, this is the best day ever. <laughs> and I remember putting it into the VHS and, and seeing those credits for the first time, and it was like I was so fascinated with seeing that movie for the first time in over twenty some years that I think I paused it like so much. <laughs> That's funny. And, and and you know what? And and I didn't have to pull George's leg very rough to have him show it at the drive-in <laughs> and that was another i always tell him there's been this bucket list of movies i never think i'd see a drive-in 
That that was one of them. And he- that's a film that was made for the drive-in horror party beach. Absolutely, it, it worked so well at the drive-in. It was just oh, yeah. so much fun. Yeah, Werewolf versus the Vampire Woman was another one. Children's yeah. play with Dead Thing, uh, Shockwave, which people have recently expressed an interest to have it shown again. Nice. Um, there's all these movies that I would never have expected to see the drive-in, and then all of a sudden they appear, and I'm like, it's Christmas. That's Always. amazing. So were these yep. these films were restored versions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. They were all on, they were all on cut. And were they all on thirty five millimeter? No, they were all DCP from the from the from the ACFA studio. Okay. So the so the version of Deep Red was actually the full length director's cut. So it went back and forth from Italian language with subtitles to English. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Now, were there any giallos that you wanted to show in that program, but you just couldn't get your hands on them? No, no. Everything, everything we wanted to show. Well, well, I, well, I wouldn't say that. The only one that I would have thrown in there, but it would might have been overkill for Dario Argento, would have been Four Flies on Grey Velvet. Okay. But it's just not not available right now. And Paramount, I think, has the U.S. rights, and I don't think they have a print anymore. And uh, so, so that would be the only one. But I would say no because it was like. I had I there were a lot to, that I could and I had to narrow it down to what I thought was going to be the most appealing and the most the ones with the most horror elements since this is you know yeah. like some of the shows are, I was talking about this the other day with somebody some of them are straight you know straight thrillers straight like you know you know uh, double crossing. They're crime dramas. They don't have a horror element. Yeah, exactly. They're crime dramas. I'm, I'm talking about a lot of the, like the ones that, um, which I like them, but I don't think they would go over as well. Like some of the ones with Carol Baker, she made a bit elite, like five or six of these kind of movies right. in Italy and and and, and Spanish Italian co-productions. But I think I picked the like with the Fulci. I picked the one that I thought was with the lizard and woman skin. I th- I thought this had the most you know elements. That really belonged in this show, and plus, it's full. Everybody's always asking for Fulci, but it goes to show, like, like the argument we had before about, like, what she was saying about the Walking Dead fans not knowing about the Romero trilogy. There's people, and I, and I, and I'm not like knocking them, but I even spoke to them. It's like they know Fulci from, you know, Zombie and Gates of Hell right, and right, Beyond, right, right. but they don't know that this guy, like, like in the '70s, he made these masterpieces. Like uh, Don't Torture a Duckling and, and Elizabeth Woman's Skin and one on top of the other, these great thrillers. Oh, yeah. Which are basically horror films, you know, and um, it's like they never heard of them. Right. And it's like, you you know, this guy, you know, you have to see these films. Well, it's like even the Friday the 13th fans, the young kids have never heard of Twitch of the Death Nerve, you know. No. no and that's a direct, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a good number of films that were uh, definitely – Took Friday the Thirteenth took inspiration for as you yeah you said twitching the death nerve is de- and that's a giallo so that could have even been in this program but you know it didn't make it but yeah absolutely that is especially for the second Friday the Thirteenth yeah oh yeah which I I think I think copied exactly co- several of the of the murders right yeah very close that's for sure yeah, yeah. There's, there's a total similarity there and another one that Gene and I love is a British film. A sleazier early '70s British horror film called *Tower of Evil*, aka *Horror of Snape Island*, which oh. is absolutely an inspiration for the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a what do you call it? body count movie? Right. You know, <laughs> and then you know people, and then people are getting it. You know, how many movies in the early '70s 
besides besides Tower of Evil and and Twitter Death Center, have people getting killed by machetes. Right. <laughs> and that became oh, the well, that became one of the weapons of choice a decade later. So on cinema in horror films. So that just goes to show you. Yeah, I mean a masked killer carrying a knife. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, as we wrap this up here, can you guys maybe let us know or give us a sneak peek into what next April's uh, lineup might look like? Yes. And that's going to be and your 15th anniversary, right? Uh, uh, fi- no, well, it'll be, it'll be seven or eight for April. I it'll mean. be 15, 15 years, technically. Right. But it'll be this, well, it would, in September, it'll be the 16th uh, Monsterama. And then April, we've been doing since uh, I, don't eight, I think eight years. We have to uh, we have to look. Sometimes I lose track. Yeah, but it is fifteen. It's like fifteen years now because two thousand seven to two thousand twenty three is is right or two thousand. I'm sorry, two thousand twenty two. That's fifteen years. Right. So yeah, it's it really is the fifteenth anniversary next technically next year of, of of these events. But um, getting back to what we're doing, it's I could we we don't want to say too much because. Because well, last yeah. April, yeah, last April we did something, and then it was like it was copied like two weeks later by somebody else. So oh. yeah, we're gonna, yeah, no, no, it's it's true. It's like wow, it's like okay, I thanks. I didn't know, you know, we we made that much of an impression, but okay. So all we're gonna say is it's gonna be big, and it's gonna be eighties horror films. That's nice. all we're gonna say right now. It's a sequel, yeah, it's a sequel to what happened. It'll be a sequel to what happened um, this past April. Um, wise. <laughs> yeah. So now, is there a dream lineup that you guys have been wanting to do, but maybe you just couldn't get the film rights for? I think he's done it already six times. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, you squeezed that one out with Halloween, and you had uh, Phantasm, and what else did you have in that show? Was it Texas Chainsaw like the whole weekend? Oh, yeah, we've no. had Texas Chainsaw. We've had Evil Dead. We've had we've had a lot of the big. And in fact, um, we've ne- I'll say this, Roger. We never. This is like You know, we've been doing so many shows since 2007, but we never repeated a movie. But that may change, not because we have to, but because we want to. That's the thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. there's some big ones that like people didn't weren't at that are now coming to the show. They have asked about, and we're going to, you know, maybe incorporate some of those, some films that we've shown uh, before here and there, we're going to maybe reincorporate into the, into the future shows. Well, that's Um, incredible. You know, you guys, like I said, you guys have been doing amazing, you know, not only helping to continue to keep the drive-ins alive, but you're also introducing people to these films that they probably haven't heard of. And so can you tell our listeners where they can find your events online so they can stay up to date on the future shows? Gene, I can't read off the Facebook. Well, no, just go to the Facebook page. is called It's called the Drive-In Super Monsterama, and you just look up that, and you'll see it. that's the name of the uh, Facebook page. It's a community. Yeah. It's a community page. Yeah. We don't, even though we do the events, when we do like an event for each movie, we or each weekend, we keep telling people follow the community page because. You know, I, I run that, and it's hard for me to post back and forth the same things over and over again on both of them. So yeah. I everything's concise on one page, you know, and then there's always confusion between us and the Riverside Drive-In, too. So the Riverside Drive-In hosts the show, um, Todd and Emma. They're fantastic people, like George was saying. And then we're the vendor for that, you know, we're the, what do you call it, the, um, the promoters for that show. So right. we we 
it, the two always get mixed up. So I'm always saying that on the page because they ask us questions that we can't answer about <laughs> stuff to drive in. And vice versa. And vice versa, yeah. So, you know. How many times do you tell these folks it's two different entities? They just don't seem to understand that. So it's easier. Like, we don't know questions. We can't answer them, you know. That's that's why I always put that out there. But, yeah. So, yeah, stop on the page. And the page always has something going on, whether we're reliving the old events or we're just talking about, like, for Halloween this upcoming month, we'll be talking about decorations and Records we owned as kids, and what else, George? Uh, movie lists like TCM does, yep. their, you know, they have a, oh my God, there's some huge hammer nights coming up on Turner Classic. Oh, nice. And then we talk about Famous Monsters Magazine. We, you know, we just, anything that means something to us. And then we tie in, like George, for instance, is going to be going up to, um, on a vacation to Hudson Valley. To well, it's a, uh, no, it's, uh, it's actually, Oh, you mean the Tarrytown? Yeah. Yeah, it's Hudson Valley. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I apologize. I thought you were talking about something separate. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. No, no, yeah. No, no. So we, yeah. We, we, we always cover like uh, a lot of Halloween events, like stuff at Lindhurst and Sleepy Hollow Cemetery and different other conventions and things. You know, we, we try to, um, a lot of the people that I post about with their events are people that mutually support us. That's awesome. So, and that's the one. One big shout out that I want to give real quick here, so give you a second, for the Pittsburgh horror community is that we we know everybody and they know us and everybody shows up at everybody else's shows. We had so many people show up uh, from different events here and, and local filmmakers and everything that came Saturday night. And that's what it's all about. It's all about the family atmosphere. It's all about a piece of pot. Everybody and mutual support, and, and, and there isn't any jealousy or, or distrust or backstabbing. Pittsburgh has a very, very good horror community, and they're very supportive of us, and we both thank them for everything that they've done for us. So there you go. That's awesome. Well, good for you guys doing great work. And, uh, you know, next April, get in touch with me beforehand, and I'll help you promote it, you know, before the event, and then we can do another wrap-up afterwards. Yeah, we we'll, can we'll do go. whatever you want. We'll yeah, we got it. Three days before it happens. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, hopefully we'll have everything everything planned, you know, months ahead of the actual date. And then, yeah, we're, we'd love to talk more about this. Awesome. When it happens, yeah. George is very excited about April. He's very excited. So, Chelsea. I'm very excited. It's like as soon as September was over, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about April. <laughs> at, the, at the September event, I'm like, well, what about this? What about that? Like yeah, no, it's. I think it started in during the weekend. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, guys. You know, you always have an open invitation to come on and talk about any kind of horror movies. And uh, I, we're going to have you guys on pretty soon. We're going to record an episode for our 13 Days of Hallowtober special. So looking forward to that and just looking forward to talking to you guys again. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Roger. Well, we hope you enjoyed this special mini-episode of Then Is Now Podcast. If you're a filmmaker or film festival coordinator or have an event that has anything to do with films, let us know and we'll definitely spotlight you on the show. You can email us at thenisnow42 at gmail.com. 
Then is Now Podcast and the East Meets the West are on all podcasting apps, including the Big Three, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. So if you like what you're hearing, please take the time to leave us a great review on those apps so that other people can find us in the recommendations. You can also check out our shows as well as other fun stuff at havenpodcasts.com. And please hit the uh, Patreon and T Public links so that you can get some cool merch and you can have access to our exclusive show available only on Patreon, Then is Now Filmmaker Series. We're also on YouTube at youtube.com slash users slash Uncle Death. So please subscribe to that and get your friends to subscribe. And don't forget to hit that little bell there so you'll get notifications whenever we put out a new video. Thank you for joining us on this special mini episode. Class dismissed. Now podcast is intended for entertainment, educational, and informational purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during this podcast are the property of their copyright holders. All original content is copyright Jupiter Media. For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com.